This is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm really glad you've joined us. A new book takes an interesting look at educational outcomes for young black males. A Walk in Their Kicks isn't just about instruction. It goes further and delves into the ideas of how to engage young black men in ways that acknowledge the difficulties they encounter and point them toward success. Author Aaron Johnson is a teacher and lecturer here at Wayne State University, and he joins us now to discuss his book. Aaron, welcome to Detroit Today. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So uh, I, I love the idea of this book uh, in, in the sense that I think uh, we spend a lot of time talking about educational outcomes for young black men. We talk a lot about the barriers to educational outcomes for them, but we don't put it in a much bigger context. And I think that that's what you're doing here uh, in this book, saying that to, to get more young black men to the point of success in education, we've got to think of it from a more holistic standpoint. Absolutely. Um, and, and, and one of the things that we often do is we, we point at students as being the problem. Uh, we, we often uh, identify the problems that they come to school with, um, but we very seldom uh, look at the school environments and see how those school environments adjust to their identities, adjust to their needs, their learning needs, uh, along with some of the things they face outside of school. Uh, they bring those things into the school environment, and so um, many times our schools and our teachers and our administrators are not equipped to um, to deal with the many needs that our African American male students have, and so what would that look like if they were equipped to do that? Uh, what would we do with them, uh, teachers and administrators, and what would that look like uh, for students in classrooms? Uh, for our teachers and administrators, it would look like just uh, some intense training about understanding uh, who African-American male students are. And I don't want to imply that there's a monolithic identity, um, but uh, what I'm finding is that many people don't understand um, the, the things that African-American students and African-American male students in, in, uh, specifically have to deal with. So it would involve uh, training for our teachers, giving them some, some specific strategies that they could use. Uh, it would mean helping them to develop relationships with their students. Uh, it would mean, as far as literacy is concerned, because literacy is used as the, the backdrop for this conversation, but as far as literacy is concerned, is, is helping to identify text uh, that have uh, central characters and central themes uh, that are relevant to their lives. Uh, when we talk about the kinds of things that uh, that happen to young black males that change the way uh, they react to or receive uh, the sort of school in, in, in environment, um, talk a little about what, what some of those things in your mind are and how they affect that learning. Sure. Um, there's a section of the book that talks about trauma and ongoing stress. And um, I, I cite uh, Nadine Burke Harris's book, uh, which is called uh, Deeper, um, um, The Deepest Well, uh, which talks about um, how ongoing stress impacts our body physiologically and then how that impacts learning. And so in that particular section, um, because it's often assumed that 
uh, African-American students have experienced some sort of trauma, particularly outside of school. Um, and so for our, for our educators to understand that, along with understanding some of the trauma that they might experience in school, in school environments, at the hands of school personnel, um, I think it's, it's, it's relevant for us to have those dialogues about yeah. that. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and my guest is Aaron Johnson. He's a teacher and administrator and adjunct lecturer at Wayne State University and an author. His new book is A Walk in Their Kicks, Literacy, Identity, and the Schooling of Young Black Males. We are talking about the ways in which uh, schooling and education probably needs to be changed pretty significantly to not only increase or improve outcomes for young black males, but to change the very environment in which uh, they learn, in which they are asked or given the opportunity to learn, uh, and how difficult that is uh, to do in uh, a country where uh, that's just not so much of a priority when we have conversations about education and education outcomes. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll try to work you into the conversation. Uh, Call and tell us what you think about the ways in which the educational system, schools, teachers, administrators deal with young black men and how that ought to change. Um, Aaron, you write a lot about literacy, yes. uh, which is, of course, the, the primary building block, I think, for, for education and the role that it plays here. Talk about how important that was. And then tell us about your own personal story where literacy plays a really big role. Sure. Um, so I, I often go back to some of the the forefathers of this institution that we call school. And um, John Dewey, uh, who was one of those people who really helped us to conceptualize what school uh, was meant for and what the purpose of school was. And he says that, um, you know, li- literacy is the foundation block for participating in a democracy. And so without uh, being able to understand text, without being able to have the, the technical skills of reading a text, um, it, it, it becomes very difficult for uh, people to really connect with and know their rights, and um, which are all uh, outlined in the U.S. Constitution. Um, I, I often use this, this example um, uh, as, as a means to really hit home the point. And that's when, you know, when you go to the ballot and you're reading through, and I consider myself a, a very literate person, when you're reading through some of those ballot initiatives, it takes a fair amount of understanding. It takes a fair amount of being able to connect words and sentences and phrases to, uh, to background knowledge. And so if you don't have that, um, you, you can't effectively participate in the democracy. Um, so my own personal journey, um, I, I just think that literacy has helped to save my life. And so growing up in um, a time and in an era uh, where um, some not so good things were going on in my neighborhood, my, um, my, my mother, who was my primary literacy teacher, reading teacher, um, really um, instilled in me this love of reading. And so the first book that she gave me was Black Boy by Richard Wright. 
And uh, at the time that you gave it to me, I couldn't really understand it or grasp mm. it. But um, I really held on to that text as one of the the texts that's re- that has really engaged me in, in this process. And and so um, one of the other things that she did is she often dropped me dropped me off at the Detroit Public Library, the downtown branch, and she would say go read, <laughs> go find <laughs> something, go find something. <laughs> and this was before cell phones and before, uh, you know, it, it was so easy to contact someone to say, Hey, I'm done. Come pick me up. So I would get, I would get lost in the, in the Detroit public library. And, um, I just, I grasped on to a lot of things and, um, uh, because it, you know, I had to, I had to, I had to uh, spend the time. And so that it, it did a couple of things. It, it, it immersed me in some, some uh, things that I might not have been immersed in um, based on our uh, financial situation at home, but it also uh, kept me away from trouble. And mm-hmm. so uh, I appreciate uh, literacy being that important in my life. And, and when I became a teacher, I tried to instill that importance in the students that I taught. So now how do we connect that importance uh, to the experience of more young black males uh, in, in schools. I mean, I, I grew up like you did at a time in the city where things were not so great uh, in neighborhoods that often weren't so great. And I always talk about the role that uh, words and ideas played literacy uh, in carrying me to all the other things that I was, uh, that I was able to do. How do, we, how do we get to a space where more young black males are able to to benefit from that, I, I think we have to show them that the promise um, of, uh, that literacy can bring to their lives and, and how it can impact and influence their lives um, positively. Um, and so, when I when I in my book when I talk about school based text, there's it has a place. They have a place. Um, they are extremely important, but y- you're going to find some difficulty in. Um, relating the experiences that many of our uh, young black males have to uh, the themes and the things that are brought out in school-based texts. So we have to show them uh, through text um, how important literacy is by connecting some of their experiences, by finding texts that speak to them, by finding that that one book that really draws them in and, and, and encourages them to read more. And so, like I said, that's that's what my mother was able to do, and that's what some of my teachers were able to do. They were able to introduce me to texts that that had things in them that I cared about. And so when they did that, I just I became a, this voracious reader. And and so we have to continue to engage our, our young black men in, in those texts, and we have to be very intentional about it. Mm. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Let's go to Liz in Detroit. Liz, what's on your mind? Hi. Mm-hmm. Hi, how are you? Good, how are um, you? I have two, uh, three points. The first one is I can really piggyback on the literacy. And one thing that I would suggest is that people actually read to their children and read to their sons at a very young age. Three weeks ago, my son called me, and he thanked me. He said, you read to me every night. You and my dad read to me. I got a book every Christmas or Sports Illustrated magazine. Not only do you want to teach them to love reading, you want them to see you reading. And it's so good to read to them because they could actually enjoy the reading, enjoy the story, and they learn so much from it. The second point is this, that... Whatever we do, and my son is now 34, whatever we do with our sons, we have to stop telling them that you're so unfortunate that you live here and you can't do this and can't do that. 
My son played baseball. He played soccer. He did all of those things. He did them right in the city of Detroit. So there are some things that we don't have, and there's some undeserving things that happen. But we also have a lot of things that we do have. So I want to encourage people to continue to do that. And in terms of in school, read to them. Read to them. Set a standard. Be consistent and be consistent with the standards. I'm really glad that this gentleman has come out with the importance of literacy, and I look forward to seeing it being carried through our community. Yeah, Liz, thanks very much for the call and the very, very robust thoughts there. Uh, I, I really appreciate the thought uh, you put into that uh, into that call. Let's go to Malcolm in Detroit. Malcolm, welcome to Detroit today. Uh, thank you. So, um yeah, great, great topic. You know, I'm looking forward to getting the book. Uh, thank you, uh, Aaron, for uh, your diligence in completing it. It's so necessary. Um, I am not an educator, but I partner with schools in the work that I do uh, in enrichment programming. And so, Stephen, earlier you said something about how we, we, we deal with a young black man, and I know you didn't mean it in a, in a, um, a harmful way, but I just thought that that language was very interesting because I think mm-hmm. that that's what we do. We deal with them. We don't engage with them. I think a lot of uh, the approaches are very punitive, you know, and some of the things that I see and hear from educators, they, you know, when I think about what are they doing with these professional development days, <laughs> because some of the language that they use and how they, uh, again, talk to and just disparage and dismiss, you know, young men in a very destructive way. So I think the language that we use as we engage with them, not deal with them, you know, so that that deal with mentality is a precursor to the whole school to prison pipeline. And so so we you know, it's a very punitive, you know, and um, punishment oriented and as opposed to seeing the complexity that they bring with them as a whole person to school, yeah, all that. of the familial dynamics and whatnot. So um, so it, it, it's very necessary. I think, too, we need to have, you know, some reading clubs, right, and incentivize them to participate in some reading clubs that have the, the types of characters that Aaron is speaking to that they can meet up, have meetups at the library, and, and, uh, and really just spark that whole movement of falling in love with reading and, and, and picking some very, it's, it's a short list of books that we can pick that have uh, main characters that they may latch on to, but we need to, to, to grow that canon. So, yeah. uh, Malcolm, so, uh, I, I really appreciate uh, your calling and, and calling me out on language, right? Uh, <laughs> that's one of the things that, uh, that I spent a lot of time thinking about is words and word choice. Uh, and you're right. It's engage, not deal with. Uh, that's absolutely the approach that we that we need, and and there's no question that that's the approach that uh, Aaron Johnson is uh, discussing in uh, in in his book. So I really appreciate the call uh, and the comments. Uh, let's go to Dolores in Detroit. Dolores, welcome to Detroit today. Hi, hey. thank you for taking my call. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering if the author is familiar, <clears throat> excuse me, with the work of Geneva Smitherman. Uh, where she 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 taught sure. at uh, Wayne University. I think she headed a department there at that time, and she spoke to teaching uh, black dialect and va- valuing it uh, with the children, accepting their language, and teaching English as a second language. Uh, I use that technique with my children. It was a lot of work, hmm. but I, it, it was so powerful and so beneficial. I also taught other teachers that. That concept, and I, I just wonder if, if again, if he's familiar with yeah, that. Yeah, uh, great question, Dolores. I appreciate the call, uh, Aaron. I know you are familiar with uh, Geneva Smitherman, but but talk about how that uh, plays a role in what what you're discussing in your book here. 
Yes, so uh, I am familiar with uh, Geneva Geneva Smitherman, um, and I talk a lot a lot about the the identities that students bring uh, to the school environment, and language is one of those things. And so um, there's this um, often there's this disconnect between home language and the language expected in school. And so uh, what I found and uh, some of the research that I've done has um, documented that. Um, school environments many times devalue that language, whether they be uh, what's called as uh, what's called the, the black vernacular or um, uh, African American dialect. Um, th- those those th- that becomes a part of a student's identity, and when it's devalued in school, um, it, it it helps um, create this environment where where students reject school. And one of the chapters is actually called. You mean I can't be black in the hallway, and it and it um, it came from this a, a real occurrence where some students were using vernacular in the hallway, and uh, a teacher interrupted them and corrected their their speech. And when she walked away, the students said, "Man, I can't even be be, be black in the hallway." <laughs> and so um, I, I do speak a lot about that, and and uh, many of our teachers have to understand um, uh, that. Uh, language is connected to a person's identity. Uh, what we have to teach students to do is to uh, morph those identities, is to understand uh, two different types of language. It's okay to use vernacular in, in certain um, instances, and, and there are certain instances where you don't use it. And so we have to teach our students how to code switch and, and be able to, it doesn't mean that they forget who they are, but it means that they are able to adjust to their environments. Hmm. And Dolores, I, I really appreciate you injecting Uh, Geneva Smitherman and her work into this conversation. Thanks again for the call. Uh, Let's quickly go to Devin in Detroit. Devin, I've got about a minute left, but I wanted to get you in here. Well, I'm real quick. Um, Mr. Johnson was my ninth grade English teacher at (laughs) King High School, and I remember he was a real cool teacher. I'm 32 now, so I presume at the time he was probably around the age that I am now. But he was a real cool teacher, and then he failed me because I rarely came to class, and I remember talking to him one time, and he just, you know, kind of instilled in me, look, man, what you're doing isn't good enough, and we're cool, and, you know, I'm not going to beat you over the head, but I want you to do better. And almost 20 years later now, I remember, you know, him and a handful of teachers that really had an impact on me, so I just wanted to tell him thank you because of uh, because of failing me, essentially. Wow. <laughs> wow. Devin, that's a great, that's a great story. Uh, Aaron, <laughs> that's a pretty tough uh, tack to take as a teacher. But but I, I think what Devin is reflecting is that you did it in a way that did uh, engage him rather than deal with him. Uh, and I think uh, that's what's reflected in your book. Uh, Aaron Thank Johnson, uh, always great to speak with you about stuff like this on Detroit Today. Thanks for Thank, being here. Thank you for having me. All right, that's going to do it for us today. I will be back tomorrow, and I hope you will too. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, a community service of Wayne State University. I'll see you tomorrow.